singing some sort of superhero theme tune but I've completely forgot oh what was it no 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 Batman but technically he's not a superhero is he because he's just a guy a really really rich man he's a costume vigilante yeah which is criminal really so he should be put in a fucking asylum a man who dresses as a bat <laughs> that was quite like severe he should be put in a fucking asylum yeah well he should <laughs> with all the people that he's supposedly saving us from I think if Batman wasn't around you wouldn't have all these like jokers and all the other villains mm. that are basically out there to try and out Batman Batman you know out crazy Batman yeah or did mm, did he not come around because there was so much badness mm. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like. I don't know. I think he encourages it. That he doesn't technically cause. I mean, Poison Ivy, she would still exist without Batman. But then I would argue that she's not a villain. Batman's more of a villain than her. Like, I guess she murders people, but she only murders capitalists. So. He is the the ultimate capitalist when you think about it. Yeah. He's a proper. There's like an old issue. can't remember what like issue number it is, but it's one of Poison Ivy's like earliest appearances, and basically like she is targeting like Batman's alter ego Bruce Wayne and Harvey Dent, who's Two Face, but before he turns into Two Face, because they've decided that they want to build a new like one of those sort of like American super prisons. So they bought land to build it on, but the land they bought to build it on has a rare type of orchid that only grows on that land. So she basically shows up and tries to like shut down the construction work and she says to them that she'll kill them all unless they get off the land. And I'm like, yeah, well, she's not, how's she the villain in that? (laughs) 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 She's trying to stop the extinction of a flower and she's not actually killing anyone. She's just saying like, I will fuck you up if you make this plant extinct. Couldn't they just... So she's hate... a big fat hippie. Yeah, like I love Poison Ivy. She's a botanist, isn't she? She's quite hot. And man, we're really hating on Batman right now. <laughs> I'm well, not. We're really insulting so all the Batman cool. fans out there. Like he would be an arsehole. <laughs> it's like if Jeff Bezos decided to become like a vigilante, he's got the billions and billions, or Elon Musk. Imagine they all teamed up. Definitely would be a superhero if we could. Also, <laughs> like if they decided to become superheroes and then showed up at like a climate change protest and just killed all the protesters and were like we've oh. killed the villains yeah <laughs> i think i think it would probably be more like the boys i don't know if anyone's watched it it's it's boys. amazing yeah like i'm really cynical so i think if there were real superheroes then that's how they would end up like controlled by the media elite or whatever the billionaires out there 
they would control their image and things like that and there'd be real arseholes that would abuse their power like Brightburn um, which was like a movie about what if Superman was evil do you know <laughs> like use these powers for bad instead of good did he not go evil in one of the old films like one of the really really old ones yeah he's, he, it was some sort of um, type of kryptonite I think it's yeah. red kryptonite and, yeah and it's split him in two and uh, I wouldn't mind him to sorry i'm a big fan of superman and i really fancy him but anyway yeah and he split into two different supermen yeah bad and good i quite like the bad superman he was quite funny i really actually introduced the topic for this week so well well, i'm gonna make it fairly obvious but go ahead mark can you guess what we're talking about superpowers Um, even get like when you get baddie spider-man he's so much cooler as well well I mean, when he was, well, I, I mean, see the one with, with Spider-Man 3, I'm talking about the movies. I don't know the comics. I was going to say, do you mean in the comics or do you mean shit? No, no. <laughs> I mean, when he was like emo Spidey and he was really yeah. and he was doing all the weird, like, sort of jazz hands and stuff. He was being a bit flamboyant, to be honest. Yeah, maybe his alter ego's gay. That's fair enough. <laughs> Mark, do you got anything to say about that? Uh, I don't think so because in the comics Deadpool constantly tries to fuck Spider-Man whenever they meet and Spider-Man never fucks him and he fucks quite a lot of women like I'd say that Spider-Man is the like most heterosexual of all comic book characters because he's kind of say that again yes the baddie Spider-Man just Spider-Man generally like Peter Parker really loves vaginas she's she's saying that the um, when he was overtaken by uh, Venom he became more gay Mm. he becomes really really flamboyant in it I mean, yeah, Venom does seem quite gay, so maybe. I mean, I think Venom is quite gay because, like, he attached himself to Tom Hart. He's definitely, like, somewhere on the LGBTQ (laughs) spectrum. (laughs) I suppose, though, like, Venom's from outer space and, Mm, like, entering sexuality are just made-up concepts anyway, so if you're an alien, like, I don't... You'd have, they like, a straight or male or female. you just, like, fuck whoever you fancy fucking. Well, yeah, like, they're symbiotes, so they literally merge with you as, like, one. Yeah, so they're, like, genderless. So I suppose if you're genderless, you can't be gay because... Well, how many gay superheroes are there, Mark? Because you must, like, I don't, you're the comic book guy. I mean, <laughs> I don't know the number off the top of my head. <laughs> there are 146 gay superheroes. Quite and a yet, lot. And yet none of them are really... In the Marvel movies or DC movies? No, I do think are that's they? interesting. Like, there's quite a lot of... Oh, wait a minute. Sorry. And apart from Deadpool 2, where Negasonic Teenage Warheads, girlfriends, got girlfriends and that. But Negasonic oh. Teenage Warhead isn't gay in the comics. How weird. <laughs> does it matter? Does it actually matter whether they're gay or straight? Like, does it matter to the story at all? Well. No, but then I think what annoys me about the films is that they have very little but i mean you know it's all straight white people yeah they don't really have any gay representation which is annoying because there are lots of gay like most of my favorite comics especially from when i was younger like from when i was really wee i just like com- in fact no to be fair i'd say before pre-15 i like comics that were that had really cool women in them like Catwoman. Yeah. and then i'd say as i got older like all my favorite comics have at least a major gay superhero in it or are based around a gay or lesbian or 
bi or trans superhero and there's lots of them and some of them are really high profile some of them are like the biggest selling i'm not really a massive dc fan i just really like your sort of um really maybe trying to imply that captain marvel was the lesbian or maybe asexual i don't know just because yeah, again she wasn't, so i find that really because he cut her hair short so she yeah basically like she had short hair and then people were like give captain marvel a girlfriend she's straight in the comics oh okay in with negasonic teenage warhead and same with Valkyrie. So Valkyrie is apparently bi in the four, four films, although she literally oh. never mentions it. But yeah. Disney released a statement saying that she is a bisexual character. But that's in no way implied in the film. And also Valkyrie is not bi in the comics. So it's like the, yeah, they're like straight washing the Marvel Universe. They don't have any of the... Yeah, like they straight washed the vampire Lestat and Queen of the Dams. Yeah. Mm, fucking straight washed yeah. all of it there was no Louis there was no relationship between him even the reason the, the the bullshit thing between him and Marius which was complete bollock was more of a master slave thing which was supposed yeah, to be between yeah. Marius and Armand not it was all wrong but they they basically straight washed them completely yeah, I thought that actually they were just we're all just people yeah. hmm. have you guys been watching WandaVision yeah I watched all of it no, I keep meaning to though is it good oh it's like, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's really, really good. So Seahart, which actually I'm going to come back to my little sort of bet that I'm going to chat about this week, involved yeah. one of her kids. But see the, the kids that she has? Yeah, what are they called? It's uh, Speed. Uh, Billy and Tommy. No, they're, they're X-Men names. Wiccan and Speed. Wiccan and Speed, yeah. That's so that. like they are, I suppose, canonically, although not because they're small children, but they're canonically, I guess, the first LGBTQ characters in Marvel that are in the films. Although we don't know whether or not they're gay or not yet. But uh, in the comics, like Wiccan, who's one of my favourite comic characters of all time, is gay and Speed is bi. So then I feel like Marvel are kind of giving themselves a pat on the back. And it's like, mm, no, because no. you're making out you've got five LGBTQ characters. You've got none. Like, hmm. there's nothing in Captain Marvel's film which implies that she's gay or bi. Literally, as you said, Leslie, it's just, she has a bit of a lesbian haircut. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you know, that's a bit offensive that, oh, just because I've cut my hair, now I'm gay. As if, yeah, like, that's, that's that is. Gay is cutting your hair. Exactly. Like, yeah, I, I mean, literally yeah, what yeah. I think is, is <laughs> Captain Marvel, they've said, might be gay because she has short hair. Negasonic Teenage Warhead, they've said, might be gay because the actress that plays her is a lesbian, as though a lesbian can't play a straight woman. And Valkyrie, they've said, might be gay because uh, Tessa Thompson is queer. So... Again, they're basically like, well, she might be queer because, uh, or gay or bi or whatever, because how can somebody who identifies as one of the letters also like the fact that they're like, she's not queer, she's bi. So it's like, right, this so turning like, into gay or not gay. <laughs> but it's an insane idea to be like, oh, a lesbian can't pay, play a straight woman, but a queer person can be <laughs> a bi woman. Like, basically, as if straight is in some way entirely different from everything else like it's just stupid and yeah now they're patting themselves on the back being like i'm of introduced our first like non-straight male characters and it's like no because they're just children as babies yeah because they don't have sex drives because they're children and technically they're not human children they're like that i can't get my head i read about that they were actually created by mephisto devil kind of hero guy or villain do you know about that yeah, so they're. <laughs> I'm so confused. 
And so, they were at one point they were his fifth. In House of M, yeah. which is like the one of my favorite Marvel comics, um, Scarlet Witch. Basically, Scarlet Witch has a nervous breakdown, which like feeling your head, and <laughs> uh, she reforms. She like reality warps the entire world and basically makes it better for some people and worse for others, depending on how sound they are or not. So everybody who's sound gets a better life. And she, very similar to the TV programme, so she brings her husband Vision back from the dead, and then they have these twin boys, and they actually exist because it's an altered reality. But when reality returns to normal, they technically cease to exist. But the way that they go on living is that Mephesto, who, as you said, is like a demon, Mm. has been, they think he's dead, but he's actually been divided into five parts. And they need corporal form. So in order to bring himself corporal form, two of these parts form her twin children. Right. But then <laughs> after <laughs> he effectively kills them and they're destroyed, his they can't reform with him. Although, again, you don't find this out until much later. So those parts of them can't merge with him. And it's because they do still have a consciousness. And then effectively both of the consciousnesses like float off into the universe. And then two different women in two different places in the world then give birth to two children and those children like the souls are that's a total mindfuck this is just as if they've taken every religion <laughs> world and merged together to try and make something stupid uh how do you it's great see, well yeah i don't know whether the marvel marvel are going to go down that route because i don't want to spoil things especially you guys because in wandavision it doesn't play out like that did you, you know watch I mean? those credit scene I don't want to ask you to remind me, but I'm sure I did. I mean, like, spoilers, obviously, that we'll be talking about for a while if you're listening and don't want to hear. But yeah, if you're listening and you don't want to hear what happens, please just, like, skip this part. Okay, go ahead. The end uh, credit scene where she's, like, in the shack. I don't know what happens. Okay, so you know the credits are really long in one division. So after the at the very end, she's in a shack and she's reading the book that she got off of Agnes. And then the kids, like, basically she's looking into alternate dimensions and then the children start shouting on her from an alternate dimension. To come oh, fuck, no, I haven't seen that. I'll need to go back. Well, it is going to play out the same. Oh, interesting. I wonder what's going to happen with Vision, though. He was, like, the, the real Vision, I mean, because he fucked off and went, I am Vision, and then went away. Anyway, let's not get into this because we're... <laughs> We need yeah, to talk about... Let's focus on the actually, superpowers. Yeah, we're not talking about whether or not you can have super. I mean, I'm really enjoying this because obviously yeah. I talk about comics literally forever. Well, I was looking into... I mean, it's lame, basically, but, like, actual mutations and things. Mm. Doesn't... Like, there was a baby that was born with a full six-pack and stuff. Like, yeah. his body called it Uber Baby. <laughs> they actually called it that. Yeah, Uber Boy or whatever he's... And it was like a mutated gene that, that prevented like fat being produced. You know, like babies are usually quite chubby. Well, this baby came out the um, his mum's vagina rip. Like, really? <laughs> I imagine her a really muscly baby is really weird. <laughs> and then he became like the world's strongest toddler because he could like like he lift seven kilos or something like that, which a man would struggle yeah. to hold out. Yeah, at that age. But it's a genetic condition. It's not like anything that he's done the downside to it is that he has to eat a lot to maintain the muscular like the muscles and stuff the metabolism that he's got is that a downside you no, i don't know i'm quite jealous putting any work in and you get to eat all yeah. the time like that's yeah. brilliant i know well, pretty good actually I'd love to have that. Uh, but the one that I was kind of really fascinated with, which I think, you know how you should face your fears and stuff? Mm. So 
you know, I don't like really tall, thin yeah. <laughs> with long limbs. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a, an actual syndrome for that. No, wait. That's called Marfan syndrome. Have you heard of it? No. no. A fear of long limbs. No, no, it's not fear. It's an actual genetic disorder. Oh, to be that long and thin. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, fear. And there's famous people that, well, I mean, I'll tell you about it. So what it is, it's a genetic disorder that affects the connective tissue. Uh, those with the condition tend to be tall and thin with long arms, legs, fingers and toes. They also typically have overly flexible joints or scoliosis. The most serious complications involve heart and aorta with an increased risk of myrtle valve prolapse and aortic aneurysm. The lungs, eyes, bones and the covering of the spinal cord are also commonly affected. So sometimes they could have like a curvature of the spine and stuff. And they say they think that Paganini, the famous violinist, had Marfan syndrome because he had really long slender fingers that enabled them to play notes that normal violinists just couldn't do. He had like super... Yeah. Yeah, wing skills, really. Huh. And there's a list of, like, there's see the guy that Peter Mayhew, who played Chewbacca? Mm-hmm. He has Marfan syndrome. Oh. And they think that Abraham Lincoln had it because of the way he no, looked. I always think, like, when you see pictures of Abraham Lincoln, I always think, my God, he looks so like the guy that played Chewbacca. Yeah, because they think that he had it because he's got, like, a long, thin nose, not, not like, not, like, a, he's got a narrow chest which is also a symbol marfan syndrome um his relatives have been his relatives have also been widely speculated to be to be suffering from the same condition as well although they don't have confirmed proof of it obviously because you know back then they didn't really know what marfan syndrome was it wasn't actually wasn't actually um confirmed until like the 1890s 1891 where I think it was a doctor or something, he came up with the term Marfan um, when he found unusual features in a like a five-year-old girl. Uh, they think, this is what I also think is quite funny, they think Osama bin Laden had Marfan syndrome. Why? Because... Do you know, he... again, though, Osama bin Laden and Abraham Lincoln look really alike. Yeah. What? <laughs> I've also thought that. Yeah, I don't think that is it. They look really, really similar. Like, they look like they could be brothers. Yeah, because he's got the sort of long, thin features on his face. He's got a long, yeah. bony face and long, long fingers. He's also reportedly un- been, he was unable to walk and sit straight for long stretches. It's a sign of Marfan syndrome as well. Michael Felt, again, I think he has an advantage of being able to swim really good because of his Marfan syndrome. Because he's like, I weirdly like, just went to say what I'm now going to say. I would let Michael Phelps poke me in the eye. And I don't really know what I mean. (laughs) I mean, he's weirdly sexy, but I don't know why that's what sprung into my head. Like, (laughs) yes, Tutankhamun was also supposed to have Marfan syndrome because he was really tall and he had a curved spine. But I think it was just a result of like lots of incest. He was probably fucked up. He's meant to be really small. Like no, he said he had an extraordinarily high height and thin extremities. Because huh. his coffin's small. He died when he was like 16, so he looks a child. So do you think if you banned Michael Phelps, that would help you get over your fear of big, tall, long men? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, oh. Michael Phelps... Well, I guess I'll just ban him then. He's muscly, he's not gangly. Yeah, he's quite muscly, so he doesn't look like a really tall, thin man because he's got some muscle. I don't know about Michael Phelps. I don't know whether he has it. That's but... like my favourite physique. Like, mine's ages ago oh. when we did that 
like sex episode and you said what are your fetishes and I said I don't really have any I'm a bit bland oh. you know, this, this is still a bland fetish but I really like like guys that obviously should have been really thin but then have like really massive broad shoulders and quite often just are swimmers so they've got like that weird physique where it's like mm-hmm. naturally you'd have been like really scrawny but for some reason you're like really buff super soldier serum experimentation yeah yeah um captain america would freak me out as well because he was like a wee small scrawny thin guy and then they just stretched him out didn't they stretched him out that sounds wrong but yes. anyway, uh... <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> so um, well michael phelps has because another symptom or well a symptom i don't know trait of um, martin syndrome is that you could be double jointed and have a very flexible like limbs because it affects your cartilage that affects and even your blood and your heart and everything has cartilage that's why it often people with this syndrome have like they die of heart problems but there was a there was a lady who was a famous volleyball player and in the 80s she died whilst playing volleyball of a heart attack but she didn't know she had Marfan syndrome but i suppose in volleyball being tall and thin would be an advantage and having long yeah. limbs so i don't know why she didn't know but so they say that people with Marfan syndrome shouldn't compete in high impact sports because it's dangerous i mean some people like may not live that long but then peter mayhew lasted until his 80s so yeah i think it's just basically your luck I mean, you don't know whether you may end up like having people are, are affected by it differently than others. So some people do die in like their 40s or some people live on. So it, you can live with it. There's just no cure for it. Um, unless you, yeah, unless you, yeah, exactly. You know how the guy from Ghost, the get off my train guy? Yeah. He's got Marfan syndrome. He had it. I don't know he why, died. but I knew you were going to say that the person off of Ghost had it, because that obviously made sense, but when you said see the guy off of Ghost, I just automatically thought the guy that played Carl for some reason, and I was no, like... No, not him. <laughs> <laughs> the subway guy? Yeah, he used to freak me out, because he had such a weird face, but again, that's like Martin Syndrome face, so yeah. again, it's it's something that like you look otherworldly, so I suppose you could look like a strange mutant type. But it have it has some advantages, like you know, like Paganini, he was an amazing violinist, and then you've got Rachmaninoff, who was a famous pianist because he had long, not penis, pianist, he had really long fingers, which again is quite a good thing in some cases. So it has its advantages and disadvantages. There's another guy who uh, who's like, have you seen the horror films Wreck and Mama? Yes. I've not seen Mama though. I've not seen Wreck, but I have seen Mama. Rick. So you know how the the guy in Mama who plays, well, the Mama character, he, she or whatever it is, is played by a guy who has Marfan syndrome. So it's it's like because he could make move in all sort of weird, creepy ways, like unnatural ways, because he's got such flexibility in his limbs, mm-hmm. and that's why they cast him as these characters in horror movies. I thought Doug Jones might have it, but I don't. They didn't mention Doug Jones. Yeah, I, when you were saying that there, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, it's just ran, like for no reason. Well, for that reason, assumed that the that Mama and Mama was played by Doug Jones just because of the way she moves. No. Both of these so far, the the genetic disorders that you've described like could be building towards some sort of x-men team <laughs> someone that's super strong you've got someone that's super flexible like possibly that's possibly in a really mysterious way they're like actually i have built i don't own know it. i mean they're quite vulnerable they're they, you can't like like i say like there was um the lady that she was called flora full hymen 
She was 196 centimetres. I don't really know what that is in feet. And she died at the age of 31 because playing volleyball. So if you're going to be a superhero and you're fighting things, it's quite high impact. So it's not going to be good for your health. You're going to end up dying but then, heart like, failure. Not all they could be sneaky, couldn't they? they could, if they're flexible, they could maybe hide places. Yeah, like you could be like a sort of... Um... Like a superhero that? team that's like getting like information gathering superheroes. So Wasn't there someone in the boys who was like super slippery and he could slide through dreams? Yeah, so there was. He's like covered in lube or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was looking at, I don't know if anyone else has, but remember that I mentioned in a previous podcast, Mr. Eat Everything? Yes. Oh, they think yeah, it disturbed me a lot. Yeah, well, they think, again, this is people who have got mutant genes and they, they believe that he could eat all of that because he had, like I mentioned before, he's got a normally thick lining in his stomach and intestines. Um, There's another guy who is called Tekaru Kobayashi and he has a digestive condition, which means he's got a really elastic stomach. So he's now the hot dog eating champion. Oh, no. <laughs> what a stupid way to use your power as well. <laughs> Well, I've got a really elastic stomach. How is that going to benefit anyone other than I can eat loads of food? (laughs) Not exactly a superpower, is it? I don't know. You need to smuggle things through customs. (laughs) Your team's only working for espionage. So you've got like your sort of brawler in case everything goes wrong that can beat shit out of whoever's attacking you. Your person that can fold up and sneak in places. And then someone that like once you've seized what you have to seize can just swallow it and you can be like where's this one they'll be like i don't know drug meals die when the packet explodes inside them so mm. then you'd be killing a superhero well unless you're like mr monster and you've got a thick lining in your stomach so if you've got a combined of both elastic stomach and strong lining you oh. probably could struggle because no, um, then if he eats it if the strong stomach if the acid stomach guy if he eats it it'll just like disintegrate inside him yeah all things in him there's a guy called the torture king who's called tim crideland and his superpower was his unimaginable pain tolerance oh uh so he is a member a former member of the general circus and he was born with a mutation which disables feeling of pain the way normal people do so he could do like sword swallowing he could put he puts like big pins through his chin and out his neck he sleeps on beds of nails and it doesn't bother him at all does someone like that in the x-files actually this episode where they're like oh yeah i love that episode there's a guy in that where he's feeding himself to take the pain it's so horrible oh was it the geek he could eat anything yeah his pal could eat anything it's so weird (laughs) freaks i'm telling you like the whole world exists in x-files there's always something you can relate (laughs) (laughs) and then there's well this might be a good superpower hyper photographic memory so that See, see when like I was gonna be ask you guys what would you want your superpower to be if you could pick anything, mm-hmm. and that's what I want. I want to have like a perfect memory. But would that be good? Because then you remember all the shit things that happened to you as well. I mean, I remember all the shit things that happened to me anyway. I don't say I remember them anyway. But I well, there isn't a. There is an actual person there. Uh, she's an actress called Mary Lou Henner. And she's one of the few people in the world to have the condition known as hyperphimesia. And it enables total memory recall, which means the person can go back decades and remember the tiniest detail on nearly any given day, rifling through memory. She's described it as like, you know, like running back tapes or whatever, or going through a slides or, or video yeah, of your life. Mm-hmm. 
And like you say, you'd remember all the bad stuff, but maybe, like, how many times have you done something stupid that's been really bad? Oh, and then yeah. years later, you've done it again because you're a fucking idiot. But if you'd remembered what happened the first time, you wouldn't do it again. At least I'd like to hope to think that you wouldn't do it again. But I, I would use it because I lost a ring that David bought me and I loved it so much. And then I, I just, one day it just disappeared. And I, or in fact, a couple of rings that I've lost. And at least then, if I had that power, I could know exactly yeah. where I put that ring or where it got lost. And I can never lose anything again, you know? Oh my God. This is You'd be able to win every argument as well. Because if someone yeah. says, oh, you didn't do that. And I'd be like, well, I think you'll find it out. <laughs> you'll know everything. And you can describe it in great detail. Have you seen that episode of Black Mirror where they basically, they can rewind like everything in their life. Like you've got like a chip in your neck. So even if a guy's arguing with his wife, they can rewind it to see what she said. It's really fucked up. Oh, no, I've not seen that one either. It's just really good, actually. And like, there's people that have removed the chip and they're like, that's so weird. Like, what you just have to rely on your own memory. And then there was a guy, which I remember reading about, which was, he was blinded by cancer, uh, cancer as a toddler. He's called Ben Underwood. I'm sure there's another guy who's still alive that can do this as well. Spoilers. He developed the ability to see using echolocation. So he clicked his tongue and he could read the sound waves that bounce off objects around him. So he could only, so he could use these readings to navigate around objects, but he could also identify what he was seeing by this technique. And it allowed him to function like any other teenager. The only difference between him and his classmates during his freshman year was that he took his notes in Braille. I'm sure I've I've seen another guy who instead of clicking his tongue, he just had like a clicky thing that he used. Or he would take a stick and he would hit something. And then he would be able to tell like echolocation what was around him. And he would be able to wander around without the aid of like a dog or, or one of those, you know, sticks with a ball on it. So basically, they're that He's like ability, that ability that we all kind of have, where like you know when you're stumbling a bit in the dark, you can still vaguely have a feeling where things are. So theirs must have got so enhanced because they're blind. Yeah. Mad. There's also a weird story of an X-ray vision girl. I don't know if this is re- uh, this is real, but yeah, <laughs> you can see through people's clothes. <laughs> <laughs> she's called Natasha Demkina and she developed an interesting hobby when she was 10 years old. She found that she could scan her mother's body and describe in intimate detail the location and condition of all her mum's organs. That's weird. So news soon spread and then all of her neighbours and stuff began showing up at the doorstep for some body scans and diagnosis. And then the local, yeah. And then the local children's hospital decided to test her abilities and the girl was able to draw a diagram of one doctor's stomach with a dark area and the exact spot of his ulcer. She also contested the cancer diagnosis of one patient. Later tests supported the Denkema's diagnosis of a benign cyst. Like, bizarre. Nobody knows how she does it. Crazy. It's mad. I mean, I'd say again, yeah, all of these are definitely classic superpowers. Like, Yeah. So, yeah, and then, yeah. I was going to say, I can add a couple more. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah. stuff. I was Go ahead. A guy called Tim Dreher, who's in South Africa, his mutation is that his bones are so dense that he can basically walk away from accidents. Like if, normally if you fell off a wall or something, you'd break your bones, but his yeah. bones are so dense. They I, just... I read about that. Yeah, they can't, they don't have, they've got like unbreakable bones. Mm-hmm. And I was so envious, like really envious because that's one of my biggest fears as well is breaking a bone. I've never broken a bone in my life, but I know how fragile they are. And I've seen it happen to other people and it's horrible. I can't watch it. I can't see bones protruding yeah. in film. And to, to have that burden of fear lifted mm. would be amazing. Sure. Not that I would go around and try to test it or anything. Maybe <laughs> <I> would, <you laughs> know? You'd go try to test it. 
Yeah. Uh, or maybe take there are retro. two X-Men, yeah. uh, Maro mm-hmm. and Spike, who have the ability, just because this would disgust you, Leslie, and you know I like to say things. Oh, like, God. That they can, like, grow, <laughs> like, their bones into, like, no. shape whatever weapons they need. But obviously they need to, like, grow them out through their skin and then basically yeah, like use them as a weapon. Wolverine does that till before he got the adamantium or whatever it's called but like similar but not the same so Wolverine has those kind of like retractable daggers but it's like like say if um Maro needed like an axe say she could like grow an axe that then protruded out of like say her shoulder and and then have a bone axe but if she needed like an arrow she could like grow one of her ribs into an arrow and snap Uh. the end of it off use it as a bone arrow so she just snaps it off and then it (laughs) Oh, <laughs> oh, nasty. Um, there's a guy here who's a human calculator that apparently he can literally catch. Not a superpower. <laughs> I think that's a superpower. I'm terrible at maths. I don't even I remember really my maths. tables, so I don't know. Like, I, I think that's. You have a degree in maths, don't you? Yeah, but like. I'm, I've got. I'm my um, kryptonite is maths. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like. I can visualise shapes and pictures in my head really well, like photographically. But see, when I try and calculate numbers in my head, I can't do it. I get anxiety and I just can't. I just can't Same. do it. I, I can't do maths at all. I'm absolutely You guys are so weird. Like, I love numbers. They always make sense. Whereas, like, teacher I stuff and, like, have to interpret what the writer means and all that kind of bullshit. Like, I can't. <gasps> That gives me actual anxiety, so if I have to, like... We obviously use very different sides of our brain. I'm the exact opposite. I think it's weird, like, especially because obviously part of what, like, I have to do for the higher course is, like, take bits of, like, scriptural passages that are metaphorical and be like, what's the metaphor? And I find it so weird when kids are, like, have no idea. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's quite obvious. Yeah. But, like, if somebody's, like, work out this random, like, numbers, like, succession of numbers, I'm like, I can't. Yeah, I'm the same. I can't do it. Just... See, if you sit and ask me, what do you think the writer means? My answer will be, why don't you fucking go ask the writer? He can tell you. Oh and also, you were a fan of English then, English classes, yes, when you were interpreting poems. and. I, know, I hated that. I hated English so much because I just I couldn't deal with it. Whereas, give me a bunch of numbers. They're always going to behave and follow the rules. Like, it, they just make Jasmine, sense. Jasmine, are you left or right-handed? Right-handed. Oh, I thought you were left-handed, maybe. Because no. my boyfriend, David... He is amazing at calculating numbers in his head. Like, I don't know how it's like, it may as well be a fucking superpower, actually. I take it back. It may may as well be because I'm like, I don't get it. How do you do that so quickly? But he's left-handed. So I thought that left-handed people were generally more logical people and... No, then, my dad's or like the opposite way. He's even less oh. logical than you and I put together, yeah. Leslie. Okay, I'm my dad's terrible at maths, but he's really artistic. Like my dad's oh, he's only artistic, but he's shit at maths. Yeah, I think left handed is actually more artistic, actually. Well he's uh, definitely the least artistic person. He's just really good at maths. See, I can do maths on paper, I'm not very good at doing it in my head. But I think oh. that's the memory thing because I can't hold on to information in my head. Uh, so I need to be able to write it down. I mean I used to enjoy writing down the the sort of formulas and the work the workings of like maths. Do you not get such like a kick of satisfaction when you got the answer in the end? Like I just no. feel like I'm proper achievement. <laughs> no. I found it. Literally the only boring. thing I like about maths is I quite like drawing an eight. That's <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I like about maths. 
Oh my god. I like see, even at work, I, I hate writing reports. I can't deal with it. Even my manager is like, What's wrong with you? Why can't you do this? I just write things <laughs> in bullet points because I just I can't can't do it. My uh, manager told me before, although obviously different type of report, but that his favourite thing about his job is me writing reports because he has to read over them before they go out to parents and he's like, Each one's a lovely little short story about a child. Oh, I actually love it. He was like, Everyone else's reports are like yeah. your child's class are doing this. And that was good. That's scoring their test, and you're like, oh. your daughter's a firecracker. I absolutely love teaching her. Thing number one, I love, which is true. <laughs> like, I love writing reports. Oh, that's so cute. That's like really nice, by that. Just shows you're a teacher that actually cares. Like that's why I like reading so much because when I read novels, it's more vivid in my mind. I can picture it. It's like better than a movie. The the images and the voices and the the scenes that I can conjure up yeah, in my head. Yeah. As opposed no, if to you're really there, like maths. books are always like if you read a book and then watch the film, the films are never as good as no. in your head. I totally agree. Although uh, one that I found quite entertaining because it annoys me when I watch things and characters don't look like what I yeah like what yeah definitely. Do you guys know about the whole apparent controversy over Starfire and the Titans TV program? No, I don't watch it. So, like, Titans is a DC comic book, and there's right. a character in it called Starfire, uh-huh. and she is, like, basically she's, like, from another planet, and she is fluorescent orange with, like, deep, deep orange hair and, like, fluorescent green eyes. <laughs> Sounds hot. And when they, oh, she's really hot. Um, <laughs> they cast an actress to play her. The actress they cast was black, and there was like massive uproar from all these like. Um, but that's stupid, what you have to do these. Well, yeah, like all these sort of like all right little fuckheads. Yeah. Like, that's disgusting because I always, I mean, also the actress that plays her is fucking stunning. Like mm-hmm. even I fancy her, and we know I'm not normally a fan of any ladies. Yes. Um, and yeah, all these like all right fuckheads went mental, and there was all these complaints and petitions to say that don't don't give like basically the whole thing where like it's like you know like Scarlett Johansson plays all Asian characters ever and people were saying well it's the same thing like she shouldn't be allowed to play this character because she's black and it's like but there aren't any fluorescent orange people yeah I mean I was gonna say like, you know how people complain about oh we can't have a black bond well bond isn't real yeah so whether he's male female or whatever He's not a real person. It was basically that all these guys just wanted her to be played basically because they were racist and again portrayed as like sexy alien. So obviously in their heads she was white because they're like little white supremacists. And they were like, well that's just ridiculous. She can't be played by a black actress. So like she's fluorescent orange. (laughs) (laughs) By that logic she can't be played by any actress. Yeah, the little mermaid who's like white red hair in the Disney film and they cast a, a black girl as Ariel. Oh my god, the outcry. Fictional where like creature that lives in the sea. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like who gives a fuck? I know I'm not And they were like, Well you can't have black mermaids because they live under the ocean so they won't have any like melanoma or whatever from the sun because they live up deep like fuck off, right? I don't think like either they'd probably be green and scaly. Like yeah, they wouldn't look like a pretty woman, I don't think. No. They would probably look more like a fish. Like, see, in like, these films, I get that you're meant to have representations so that kids watching it understand that there's all these different types of people and all that. But sometimes I'm like, oh my God, who actually fucking cares? Just tell the story. I don't care if you're black or orange or green. Just go on with it. 
it just but then I think it's funny because I think that people only tend to kick off like for example when people kicked off when uh, Johnny Storm was played by a black actor in one of the the shittiest films ever made it was insane people were like oh like basically what you're saying yes but the other way around they were like well why should it matter whether he's black or not like it shouldn't matter what color the actor is but i thought that was funny because i was like right but there's five main parts in the film and four of them are being played by white people and people are saying well actually this character should also be played by a white person and i don't understand why people would have an issue with that and it's like is you then gonna get so bogged down you're like, okay there's five people in this like should make sure that one is from a different each one of these five is from a different country just so we don't offend anyone when you're just like see that kind of annoys me as well because then it just feels like it's just not genuine it's not sincere it's like oh well they're just doing this because that's the thing that you have to do these days to please all the social justice warriors out there yeah. It's like, then I don't think that's true because I would really think that social justice warriors tend to go that mad. It's people who are the opposite. Like, again, the people that went mental about, like, that Starfire cast. And it's like, it's not, it's not social justice warriors. That's white supremacist fuckheads. And I think Mark, it's... To me, I don't know who Starfire is. So if I seen the woman, the black lady that was playing Starfire, I would just accept that that's what the character looks like. Yeah, over me. But that's what I'm saying. Like you're right, but they're not. The yeah. people that were complaining about it weren't complaining about it and saying there's not enough equality in the film. They were literally just complaining about it because she's black. Although I really bitched yeah. about, I really bitched about when they cast Stuart Townsend again in Queen of the Damned as Lassat and gave him brown hair instead of blonde. <laughs> but I didn't give a shit about it really. I mean, but I wasn't that's more to cash because but... of what you imagined in your head, not that yeah, you well, because that's, that's part of his character. Yeah, that's, that's not the same thing. Like that's fine because you're you want the character to look like what you envisage in your head, whereas yeah. in the case of Johnny Storm and Starfire, it doesn't really matter. Really <laughs> talking about it because they were saying I don't want a black person. Not because, oh, I don't envisage the character to be black, just because they're basically racist. Yeah, we'll take, I know this isn't, we're kind of veering off the superhero thing, but Bridgerton, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of blind, colourblind casting in that, but as a fictional, romanticised kind of sort of Jane Austen world, it doesn't actually exist, so... All these people are like, it's not historically accurate and all that. It doesn't yeah. fucking matter. It's just a fantasy. Yeah. Okay, so the the guy who plays the the Duke, he's really gorgeous, like absolutely gorgeous. And Agreed. yeah, he's just a, a a black guy. Like he's beautiful. I don't even give a shit. Yeah. So it's funny. I've only watched one episode of that, and I do remember watching it, thinking, oh, that's really strange that these characters are black. But then I was like, who gives a shit? Well, it's yeah. you're conditioned to think like that. That it was yeah. just, oh, well, that's that's the thing, like, People of our generation are conditioned to think like that because we were brought up with like just people, white people in films all the time. Very seldom do you see people of color. Like I was, I was looking at clip um, of like an old Tommy Steele film. If you know who Tommy Steele is, I don't know. I just look him up. Very bizarre looking guy, and uh, he's still alive. He's about in his late eighties now, but he was in a film called Half a Sixpence, which I used to really like. And there was a scene in it, it was basically set in the 19th century, and he's a Cockney white boy and that, and there's like a big party at the end when he gets married, and they're all white. And I was thinking, well, if that was now, they would probably have, you know, a few people of colour in there. Mm. Big whoop. But that's always... Well, like, I agree with you guys that... But then I don't think it actually... I don't think there are... I don't think there's ever been a film made where they have genuinely gone like, oh, let's have somebody... Make sure there's somebody from one of every possible ethnic background to make and it disabled. more diverse. Like, I don't think that really happens. And I think that would be mad, but I think what's interesting is 
like again, if you look at the Johnny Storm thing, like yeah. clearly if the if it's five main roles, right, and they hired four white actors and a black actor, you would assume that the guy, the black guy that they hired, it's because he was the best person to play the role. And also, no, I would assume that he's a black guy. Yeah, I'd assume they've just hired a black guy so that there's a black guy in the film. Like Tolkien? Yeah. Or what if it was like four black guys and one white woman or white man? Well, that's what I was going to say. I feel like the argument that was quite often put forward at that time was, oh, well, why didn't, like, what next? Like, would people be okay with them casting a, like, trans Asian woman in a wheelchair to play Sue Storm? (laughs) Which I thought was a funny thing to read because people were obviously saying that, like, because that would be fucked up. Whereas I thought... they were do like if basically they had a casting call to play Blue Storm and the best actress on the day happened to be trans and Asian and in a wheelchair, like, yeah, cool. Like, who gives a fuck? Just cast Again, they're like fictional people, so it's just yeah. what people want to project. Yeah. Like cast yeah. whoever's best at playing the role. Yeah, I agree. Like basically Johnny Storm's supposed to be swaggery and hot as fuck and they cast Michael B. Jordan to play him, like Oh, I don't yeah. know anybody that's... It's just a shame that the film was just so bad. Yeah, the film was shit, but Michael B. Jordan is hot as fuck, so... I feel kind of know him. I was thinking of what kind of superpowers would I like. Oh, oh there's another woman who I really think is perfect. Oh, okay. Is that she... She's got the best eyesight in the world. She's called Veronica Oh, Sinner. amazing. She can basically identify people from over a mile away. Ooh, I'm just like, wow. my brain can't actually comprehend that. Like, yeah, that yeah. makes no sense. I, mean, I can't identify people from across the road. <laughs> 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 so, you know, Does she have got, night vision, though? That would be pretty cool. Like, normal people vision is like 20-20, but hers mm-hmm. is measured at 22. I don't wow. Know. I would just love to like, spend a day in her head just to see what that's like. Okay. That's amazing. It's like what we're in binoculars all the time. I just, I, I don't get it. But she's a real person and she lives in Germany. And she has superpowers. I think that's a superpower. Do we, I that's a superpower, I think, yeah. Do we think, like, sort of the X-Men's the more sort of realistic version of a sort of superhero in reality than your, say, your aliens from another oh. planet? Or, you know, you get different superheroes. Yeah. Or your, well, this is Crystal Myth podcast, so think about, like, what kind of mythological guys? Like, I, the only one I can think of is Hercules, maybe, is the equivalent of a superhero back then. Well... Yeah. Sorry, you go. Yes. I was gonna say like the stuff that I was reading was kind of along those lines of mm-hmm. out of all the weird superheroes, X Men would probably be the closest thing to what you could get in real life because yeah, all their things were basically just random genetic mutations and they were just mm-hmm. randomly in society. So I was reading this whole article about like, do you think our like because obviously there's lots of like genetic modifying crap science and stuff going on right now, but the thing with the X Men is they had this x gene and nobody actually has that gene so for something to mutate for you to become like an x man maybe we could play about with things but well, nobody has genes like that for you to play with and the boys they're not naturally superheroes they're just they were given something called compound b yeah, yeah. where it, it caused them it, i don't know it triggered superpowers in them or triggered made them genes. gave them power wasn't there something like that in heroes remember the program heroes and yeah. Suresh was going about trying to find out how they got their super superpowers. I can't remember what it was though. Was I there a secret rap lab or something? I loved Cyrus. Um, was it Cyrus? Siler. Siler. I loved Siler. Like he would go around and he would um, take their powers from their brain somehow. I don't know how he did it. 
but then he would that's take their powers. Oh, that's great. I forgot about Heroes completely. I used to love it. It started off really good and then it just got shit. Yeah, got shit. <laughs> save, save the cheerleader, save the world. Yeah. <laughs> all about. I am, um, which kind of like ties into what you were saying, Yaz. I decided to, so like if I had my, I, if I was writing a comic, who would I want to be the six superheroes on my team? And huh. then I looked at whether or not it was possible to give people those powers so okay. kind of like what you were saying yeah so like most of them are x-men but yeah i was like well you couldn't really actually give anybody an x gene yeah. but like could you have to play the with the genes that we already have really you couldn't give someone a mutation you need to mutate your own genes so i think they basically it was one article i was reading where they basically did some tests on mice and i don't know the name of the actual gene but basically that like some mice like run twice as fast as other mice. So they took the gene in them that was making them do that. And in some mice, they took that gene away. Or if you add that gene, that that depends how fast you run. So they were thinking if we go to that mm. similar gene in humans and you play with that gene, could that then make you faster? So it's like almost playing with what you already have to amplify what we have. But you see that muscular baby, yes. That's yeah. interesting because they said that that scientists were looking at him to see if they could use his mutant gene yeah. to possibly cure muscular atrophy or like you know motor neuron disease, muscular degenerative yeah. diseases. That would make sense because it's like, it's like with something that already exists, but mm-hmm. I'm it. Would that then be like going forward because like you couldn't you couldn't take the genes from somebody else and put them in one of us you'd have to surely take the genes from somebody else and then put them in one of our sex cells before you oh, before you through ivf but that just, uh, possibly that just... i have no idea but then that, how would you predict like if you're going to use that gene to fix an illness you don't know that that baby's going to have an illness yeah you're going to have the illness so i've seen a funny meme you know how like spider-man got bitten by a radioactive spider and became mm. sort of spider-like i've seen one that a guy stood on a radioactive piece of lego and became a horrific looking lego man <laughs> Well, like, so, like, the sort of six superheroes I looked at, none of them were made of Lego, but, (laughs) yeah, none of them, like, none of them could actually have their mutant powers, but most of them you could actually give them their powers. So I looked at uh, Wiccan, who we were already talking about, um, who's Scarlet Witch and the Vision's son. Basically, again, I looked at my six favourite superheroes. Catwoman, who, again, we were already talking about, who is Catwoman. Uh, Victor Mansha, who doesn't have a superhero name, um, who's from the runaways comics what's the superpower then, oh I'll, I'll list them all right okay yep, 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 sorry. i was just, i was going to say there and then it was like wait a minute for the other way and then destiny who well their superhero names destiny but irene adler who well yeah, a, who an arthur conan doyle character but is also a mutant in the x-men and then rogue who again is an x-man doesn't love superhero name and storm who's a Roman Monroe, who again is an x-man so like if i had my sort of dream superhero team it would be them so then I was like, also, oh, could you replicate their powers? So cat doesn't women, have any powers. As you say, like she doesn't really have any powers. She's just a cat burglar and a really good gymnast. So I thought, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, technically anyone could have her powers. It's like parkour, or whatever it's called. Yeah, you just have to train really hard. So I was like, so technically you could have Catwoman. And then Victor Mansha. So he is this comic book character that basically, like, he's not in the first uh, comic book series of the Runaways. 
and then he meets the superhero team and he's like a high school student and basically there's this whole sort of mystery surrounding him and he ends up joining the team and he's got these powers and they're trying to work out how he got them and it turns out that he's a robot that just looks really convincingly like a human to the point that he didn't realize he was a robot oh man that would fuck with your mind so much but and and an average of for some reason not a thousand nine hundred and ninety five experts on like robotics asked the average year that they think that machines would reach the singularity by is 2060 which means that if we you know get things done slightly quicker than that technically you could have a victor mancha you could have a robot that for all intents and purposes was a human i don't know if a robot count as a superhuman though because it's a machine that's been designed by humans so i don't think that counts sorry does that make me hitler he technically thought he was a superhuman and then it turns out that he's actually a machine but because he's reached singularity he does have human thoughts so then vision vision's a machine as well yeah vision true is also a machine i mean Mm. actually victor mancha is wicked uncle because victor mancha it turns out is vision's brother so actually they're all related so i feel like that's <laughs> true already that i'm like well technically we could have them on the team yes i'll give you that one of them isn't a superhuman in fact technically neither of them are superhumans it's just yeah. somebody who's really good at parkour and a robot but still yeah. um so then i looked at destiny uh irene adler so destiny is has not been in any again straight washing so she's not been in any x-men films but she is the wife of mystique who obviously has been in lots of x-men films yeah but I believe is like torn confusingly between Magneto and Beast in the films, even though she's a lesbian. So odd choice for a lesbian. Which always uh, made sense to me that Mystique would be a lesbian. I mean, it didn't make sense to me that she was banging Magneto or any any guy. Yeah, because in the comics she's not because she's gay and has a wife. Mm. And her her wife basically her mutant ability is that she doesn't appear to have a mutant ability, but she keeps like a dream journal. But her dream journal is notes of the future. So basically every night her dream is somebody else's life in the future. And she's like seeing through their eyes. And then she wakes up and writes down what happens. And then she doesn't necessarily know who the person is. But it kind of helps to like map out future events. Does she okay. save people with that power? Say that again, sorry, yes. Can she like save people with that power? Like does she yeah. see bad things that are going to happen? Yeah, so she can, like, yeah, basically exactly that. So she can, like, prevent terrible things from happening, prevent, like, bad things from happening to people, but they kind of have to, like, solve the mission of working out. Imagine having that power, but instead of, like, dreaming about things that's useful, you just dream about some boring fuck that has a job at, like, a carpet factory, and he just works there all day, and then comes home and eats, like, an individual fruit trifle, and then goes to bed, and then you're like, oh, oh my God. God. Is that? So, like, it's a different dream every night. So, yeah, she could, in theory, like, one night fall asleep and dream that a volcano that was thought to be dead erupts in, like, ten years' time, and be like, okay, I don't know whose eyes I was seeing through, but we need to, like, warn people of that. Or, yeah, she could fall asleep and be like, I'm seeing through the eyes of Julie that works in the candle shop. Like... <laughs> Like eight weeks from now, Julie will have bisque for lunch. But, and this kind of goes into like, you say the myth stuff. So I was looking into precognition because I'm like, that's effectively her power. And Aristotle, like the famous philosopher, his inquiries into the possibility of people with like abilities above and beyond normal humans caused him to draw the conclusion that, and I've got a quote from here, it is quite conceivable that some dreams 
maybe tokens of future events. So he basically was convinced from interviewing people that some people could dream things that were going to happen in the future. I think and I then... have that ability in a very, very mild way. Maybe I haven't unlocked it, but I have had dreams where something did come true. Eventually, what happened in my dream? So effectively, you are Mystique's wife? Possibly, yeah. Like the time I dreamt about like my grandparents were on holiday and I dreamt that they were in a plane and the plane crashed and my grandpa was fine, but my gran was hurt. And then later that day, I got a phone call and my gran had fallen down the stairs on holiday and broke her collarbone. Oh, but that was in your dream? Well, not quite. It was more of a metaphor. Like, not literally. <laughs> that was angry, <laughs> Like, I, the, the thing is, the dream was, like, because dreams are symbolic. So the symbol was that, you know, the plane crashed. That means they were on holiday, you know, abroad. And that they were in danger somehow. My grandpa was fine, but my gran was hurt. Mm. And it kind of came true because they were on holiday. They flew there on a plane and my gran hurt herself and broke her collarbone. So I sort of dreamt that in a weird way. I feel like you could be the destiny on this team that I'm making <laughs> up. We have to build a robot to be Victor Mancha. We need to go to the Olympics in fa- or even France because there's lots of people <laughs> who aren't in the Olympics and get a cat woman. You're our destiny. Right. Yes, you want Storm. Oh my god. So, Wait. like Storm's the X Man that obviously has the power to control the weather. She's like one of the most famous X Men. Yeah. But, oh, Storm, actually, I really like Storm. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. And I think like we've discussed this before that obviously there are evil people like Paul McCartney who do control the weather. So again, yes. Technically, <laughs> you control the weather with your body, but you can control the weather. There's like cloud seeding which allows you to cause rain or to cause snow. There was a thing called Operation Popeye uh, during the Vietnam War. The American government basically found that they could use like a mix of chemicals and release it into the atmosphere that would cause monsoons. Russia, the Russian government are currently working on a device that can control the like amount of hail produced in the atmosphere. And there's also several governments working on a type of laser that you can fire into the atmosphere to basically deploy controlled lightning. So technically, Yaz, if you wanted to become Storm in this team, we could just give you all of those bits of equipment and yeah, you'd be lugging them around with you. So you might not look quite as cool as real Storm, but you would be able to control several like aspects of the weather. What about, what about you? I feel like I've heard this before though, of like scientists making these machines where they like put stuff into the clouds and it makes it rain and shit like that. Yeah. But I'm like, why don't they go do that in Africa so that they, they get water? Because they don't give a fuck about Africans. They want to, they're <laughs> evil. They want to be selfish and yeah. use it to, for their own gain. Why would they want to help people? That's not what supervillains do. Also, I feel like, why are they not you helping could do it. in Africa is a really storm line. So you're going to be a good storm in the team. Yeah, because storm's from Africa, so you yeah. could probably take that. But then that leads me into my question. Would you be corrupted by your superpowers? Are you the type of person who's going to be use your powers for good? Or are you going to be the type of person who uses your powers for bad? Because I'm going to say, I might be in danger of using my powers for bad. I think of my powers that I remember every single little thing and you piss me off, I'll probably drag something up from the past. And well, like, yeah, yeah, see. <laughs> yeah, I think you wouldn't be able to not use it for bad. So, like, if I could pick any power, I would pick Wiccan's power. So Wiccan has, like, the power to alter reality. And I think if you could alter reality to your whim, like, you couldn't really help but be evil, could you? Because 
Mm. Coming from someone that's just came out of a horrible narcissistic relationship where everything he did to me was to change my reality, I think that's pure evil. I think right. that's really, really evil. Like changing someone's reality so they don't even know what's going on anymore is yeah, that's shit. It's not like his power is like tr- like tricking other people with their reality. It's like he can alter any aspect. Like he, if that makes sense, he literally alters reality. But yeah, I think it would be hard not to turn into that level of a prick. But <laughs> in fact, almost it would be hard not to do the opposite. I feel like if I had Wiccan's powers, then at the moment I would just like turn your ex into a bunch of butterflies just to be like, oh, fuck, that would be like, nice. that and technically, that would be an evil act because I'd be a reason of human life. For good, if you're doing something bad for a good reason, does that make you evil? Like, I think if you can read people's thoughts, like, again, I keep talking about the Vampire Chronicles, but I remember a line that our man said, one of the vampires, and he said, he's like, how do you get so rich? And, uh, well, Daniel said that. And he said, well, when you can read the minds of men, you can have anything you want. Yeah, like how many films have been where it's like, uh, what was it, what women want and what men want? Those two films. Mm. The moment you can read someone's mind, then they're all suddenly successful because they can literally give people what they yeah, want. Yeah, and you know their secrets, you know where they're yeah. hiding treasure, you know loads of stuff that you can use to your advantage. Yeah. I so I think that would be a really, really good superhero, yeah. like superpower to have. But then, is it more fun to be a supervillain? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I didn't have to think about that. Like, I like Magneto. I like Magneto better than. But then Magneto's not a supervillain. He's an antihero, yeah. that, and that's kind of what I was. I think all three of us would be antiheroes. Yeah, like, I think supervillains. Going back to Poison Ivy as well. Like, I would say she's not a supervillain. She's an antihero. Yeah. Like, um, okay, I think I'm an antihero. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It should be like a trio of antiheroes. Yeah. Oh, that would be so fun. It'd be like the misfits. I don't like, a couple like, toys. Yeah, like fair point. Yeah, if I use my reality warping powers to turn all of the Tories into <laughs> whales to up the population of whales, like would that be evil? No, that would be good. But technically, it would be an anti-heroic act because a lot of people. Yeah. I I agree with that. I, I would I would support mm. your decision to do that. <laughs> I am, and this so this is my favourite bit of what I researched. So obviously, I thought right, I'm going to look up whether or not I could actually have Wiccan's powers, even though I know I can't have Wiccan's powers. <laughs> Basically, I found out that, and this makes no sense, but I kind of can, even though his power is to warp any aspect of reality. So this isn't going to make any sense because it didn't make that much sense to me because obviously I don't understand quantum physics. Yeah. I this thing that one of the core principles of quantum physics is the idea that reality exists yeah. in infinite possible states because mm-hmm. reality is just our perception of the light producing photons that are in front of us at any one time. So basically people who study quantum physics would say that none of us, like basically we're all living in our own private realities anyway, because nothing is really real. So like the way that, I don't know, if all three of us were together, the way that I would perceive a tree is different from what the two of you are seeing. It's just that we don't know that because... It's like when they say, oh, like, see what I see is the colour red. Is that what you see is the colour red? Yeah. You, you might, might not necessarily see the same thing. Yeah, and the answer is like, no, but we don't know what anyone else is seeing. Part of this quantum physics theory, <laughs> oh, I which heard again, myself out. <laughs> well, so part of it is that if you basically like if you can effectively like you're the your own god of what you've created. And if you can convince yourself that what you're seeing is different from what's actually there, then technically that is now what you are seeing because nothing's really there because everything's just a bunch of floating protons and neutrons 
and it's just how we're perceiving it. And if you were then able to, so let's say again that we're like we all agreed we hated someone. So if I could convince myself that that they're like what you were saying, Leslie. So when I look at them, that that quantum physics rule applies to them. So the protons and neutrons that form them, I can no longer perceive. Therefore, they're not there. So if I was able to master that, they would no longer exist in my reality. Oh my God, I oh want to do that. And if I was able to influence other people enough, then I could convince like both of you that they don't exist in your reality and so on and so on until I remove that person from reality. Yeah, on a fucked up level though, people do do that. Like, especially if you're at school and there's always that one kid that no one knows because you just don't see them anymore. And like there's the bullies, the bullies manage to like like manipulate each other or convince each other to to do things. Like I I don't know I don't think I'm explaining this very well. But... No, I get like people influence other people's yeah. reality. People influence the way other people see things. And that's important. Physics is like again to go back to metaphors. Like that's not a metaphor. It's not that you influence the way somebody sees things in their heart. It's like no, you can literally influence the way that someone sees things. Yeah. So in theory nobody has a complete grasp of quantum physics but if you did then you could do the kind of things from the lost boys where yaz could be having some spaghetti and i could be like enjoying your worms <laughs> because i have a complete grasp of quantum physics yeah i genuinely um would not eat rice for years after that scene i refuse like my parents would get a chinese and I was convinced that they were all maggots all the time, so I, that scene would play in my head. But that so, is this, so that film oh my God. Visceral, that it changed your view, so that instead oh, of seeing sorry. right from maggots, that's a shift in your quantum physics. That's and according it. to quantum physicists, it's not that <laughs> you were wrong and your parents were right, it's that they were actually perceiving rice and you were actually perceiving maggots, your yeah. reality it was maggots. Oh my god, this is blowing my mind, because this is taking me back to when I was five years old, right? And we were in Ibiza, and I swear, I used to hallucinate a lot, but then I'm starting to think, was it hallucinations, or was it what you were saying? It's like the warped reality situation, but I'm seeing something that others aren't. So we were in a hotel in Ibiza, and the you know how you have the buffet-style things? Yeah. Well, I remember I opened up like a, a lid, or something and I was convinced that there was like loads of wriggling worms in it they're all like a mass of wriggling worms but turns out it was just spaghetti maybe he had an overactive imagination of the child that's or where the big comes in I was convinced he was real or maybe you that's had imaginations are like how you're moving physically. like that yeah or like that time when I was convinced that I'm still not sure if this was real or not that a slimy hand like a deep like a decomposing slimy hand went through the, the letterbox one day when I was young. But then this is basically saying like that is your reality and the only reason it ceased to be reality is because your parents calmed you down and explained to you that it wasn't there but actually right. it's just weren't perceiving it and if you'd managed to convince them that it was there then it would become reality so then a slimy hand would have come through your door. Yeah it could just mean so oh my god that's fucked up man or the time when I was in a cot and I was convinced that one of my toes fell off and then <laughs> later on Mrs Schofield who was a Janny in my primary school looked at my toes and went you've got really weird feet Leslie it looks like you're missing a toe. No she didn't. Yeah well, she so I do have quite a no I have a big gap between my big toe and the, the whatever the, the, the next toe's called. <laughs> <laughs> and it made me think maybe my, maybe my toes did fall off and that's where they should have been that's why I've got a gap there that sounds crazy doesn't it feet are gross 
we're, we're all kind of mutants in a way. Yeah. And maybe we just need to unlock whatever power we have. It might not save anyone, but I don't know. I think everyone has the power to be a superhero in their own way. Yeah, or an anti-hero. Save people. When you're yeah, old. anti-hero, which is probably what I would be. I would be Yeah. Okay, but... I can't wait till we form our anti-hero crew. What would we call ourselves? <laughs> the anti-heroes. <laughs> oh, well, that's not that's a name. <laughs> I'm just well, imagining he's like showing up to fight Boris Johnson, where he's just having a press conference and we drop down and Yaz is like, I remember when you said this thing for once, you fuckface, and I'm like, oh, your nose is a... I remember when you ruined Christmas for everyone. <laughs> what about that... Um... That amazing like picture that that Photoshop thing that um, oh, Andy McCune made, where you're like a a centaur, Mark, <laughs> and some sort of demon angel, and Yasmin's like a kick-ass woman wearing a, like, wearing a uniform like what is that a leather cat suit? Like, cat woman just like really hot in it, and I'm yeah. like, oh my god, I wish I looked like that. <laughs> that could be our super, our anti-hero team. <laughs> oh my god, that was like literally the most amazing thing I've ever seen. That like, is the best so thing I've ever seen in the entire life. <laughs> he's just like wow <laughs> like I want to actually look like that should I change it to our podcast artwork yes. like, yeah. I'll need to ask Andy if it's alright to do Which, it I'm sure to... like my fake ass that's in it is in that picture it's like, it's like it <laughs> you've got a really nice ass yes. I'm sure it'll look good in the leather pants <laughs> oh god <laughs> it, would <not. laughs> it would not fit at all <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to be talking about next week, guys? <laughs> oh, whose turn is it to pick a number? I could literally talk about this again. It was so good. Oh, I know. So fun. <laughs> um, number six. Cool. I can't find the page where I've got it. Uh, right, number six is Freak Shows. Oh, Freak Shows. Isn't that quite, quite similar to what we were talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Mutants and stuff. Yeah. Will we do something else then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. time. But we still have to come back to that topic. Can I? Yeah, definitely. We'll come back to freak shows. Although um, you have to pick another number then, yes. Um, wait, is it 1 to 10 or is it 1, one to 14 we're up to now? 14. This is a, a Yaz quote, I believe. Pervy uh, at cartoon shit. What? <laughs> Yaz once said she'd like us to do an episode on pervy at cartoon shit. Okay, let's do that <laughs> then. <laughs> See? Cartoon shit. That'll be an interesting title to put on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like that's why to describe things doesn't come out very well. So. I like, yeah, all of my notes whenever it's an episode suggestion from you are brilliant. <laughs> They're all just things that along the lines of pair of cartoon shit. I think I must have meant when there's like really fucked up things in cartoons that you're like, this is strong. Like, why why has this been allowed to be a film or why has it been allowed to be a cartoon? I think it was maybe when we did the episode on um, Disney like, one. Retails and Disney and all of that. And I think you said, I'd quite like it if we did a follow up episode on pervy ass cartoon shit. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'd oh, like God, maybe to um, add to that topic. How can can you separate art from the artist? Oh. So if you okay. make pervy things, does that make you mm. a perv? So, like it. Or if you are a perv and you make great art, does that mean you can't enjoy that art anymore? Mm. Like mm. I got annoyed with my sister for playing Michael Jackson to my niece. Oh, okay. I get what you mean. Like, do we have to stop? Do you know what I mean? Jackson? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. 
Okay, so we can discuss that next weekend. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> crystal meth podcast. <laughs> the podcast that's all about meth and crystal crystal meth. The, can we go next week the Pervious cartoon shit special? Yes. <laughs> Brilliant. Perfect. <laughs> you need to remind me to put that in. Well, I'm sure I will. But yeah, well, that was fun. I've been Leslie Anderson and you've been Mark Dornan and Yasmin. You're just Yasmin. You have just the one name. Because I'm just famous. So I only have one name. Yeah, you're, you're like Cher. Madonna or Vita or Cher. Yeah, you're just Yasmin. So that <laughs> makes you uber special. <laughs> um, yeah, so, well, I really enjoyed that. And thanks very much for listening to this mad podcast. Um, hopefully, maybe you followed it. Uh, it certainly confused me at times. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, if you want to maybe correct some of our uh, science uh, or facts or anything or tell us we're talking shit, then, um, yeah, you can find us on Twitter at podcast underscore myth or um, you can find us on Facebook at um, Crystal Mist Podcast group or page. Um, I disagree. Maybe... Don't contact us and tell us if we're wrong. We don't give a fuck. This is my <laughs> my reality is fine so thanks yeah enjoy your own reality and don't worry if it it's not like someone else's reality because we're all individuals and anyone that tries to encroach on your reality is probably a fucking tip or a tory i or feel like we're tory. Um, south park like now that we're having like a lesson at the end we're so south park right now this is a self-help podcast jazz did you not know that bye Bon voyage. Bonjour. Bon voyage. <laughs> Crystal. Man.